if you don't need to chase a rate of return, don't chase it. Let's go. And I know we talked about this in previous episodes. Let's go for that consistent rate of return instead of average rate of return. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Well, great to talk to you again, Ryan. Uh, I know things have been kind of all over the place for people across the country and in the state of Georgia as well. But you've been a little busy recently, huh? A little bit of travel for you, finally. Yeah, we did. We got uh, we went out and had some vacation time down in the uh, Panhandle kind of Gulf area of Florida, where uh, Florida is obviously a, a hotbed for these uh, for these breakouts. Now, I think there's different you know pockets throughout the state of Florida where it's actually you know gotten worse. But for us, I mean, we went with another family down there, and uh, we I think we went to a restaurant one time, but the most time we just cooked in and maybe got some takeout here or there, and went to the beach every day, and just obviously kept our distance that way. So it was great, it was relaxing, and but I know their cases have have spiked down there quite a bit for for probably obvious reasons. But uh, we had a great time. I have I know some people that have been down there. My family's actually going down there as we're recording this, heading down to uh, 30A. <clears throat> so I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty familiar with it. But was it pretty packed? I mean, I've seen a lot of pictures. Was it as packed as this looked in, in, in a lot of the pictures I've seen? Certain areas, yeah, that's a good point and good question. Uh, if you go, so yeah, we were right down on 30A too, but we were in uh, Grayton Beach, just obviously right down from uh, Seaside where we rode our bikes down to Seaside and it, there was people everywhere. I mean, it was packed, but yeah. you just go to little little Grayton Beach, you keep going straight at the light instead of heading left to, to Seaside, you just go straight. Now, parking's a nightmare because there's hardly any, but once you're there, it was there's not that many people on the on the great and beach side so it was it was a nice little spot but seaside was was covered up no i can imagine well, i'm glad you had a good time and uh hopefully you guys will uh be okay after the fact uh, you know all these outbreaks you i'm just glad you're able to get out and travel a little bit and, and get out of georgia it was nice when i was able to do so so hopefully other people are doing that as well Today, we're going to talk about our main topic today. Uh, we're going to get a little getting to know you here in a second, Ryan. But uh, the first thing we want to talk about, or the main thing we want to talk about today is classic pre-retiree mistakes, just things that we and you see quite a bit that pre-retirees are doing wrong that might hamper their chances for a uh, confident and comfortable retirement. So we got a few things we want to identify today and have you explain why these things are not uh, in their best interest. But I want to hit you with a little bit of getting to know you question before we Get started today. It's getting to know you time. Uh, this one is uh, kind of fun. I, I like this one a little bit. If you, if you could uh, make twice as much money in the next year or make the same amount while only working half as much, which would you choose? In my stage of life, I would definitely make twice as much and work the same amount of hours than working half as much and basically make the same pay that I'm doing now. And hopefully people who know me, uh, it's not because of the money. And I know some people who don't know me may be rolling their eyes. Uh, It truly boils down to, I absolutely love what I do. So if I, and I don't work crazy hours, I really, now I could, because I love what I do. So I really have to stick to a schedule and make sure I'm not staying here too much, but with, with family obligations, uh, my wife working, it's, there's just no way I could just lock myself in the office and work 60 to 80 hours a week. There's just no way. So 
if I can keep the same schedule and make twice as much, absolutely, because that means I'm helping people, um, but also getting getting compensated for it. I mean, that's what we all do for in our jobs. So now you ask me that question in 20 years from now, that answer could be different. It could be the latter. Yeah. Uh, but right now with me being 42, kids are young. We still got college down the pike. We got weddings to pay for. I'll take double the salary with the same amount of hours worked. Yeah, it's kind of like retirement, right? I mean, as you're planning earlier on in life, it's more about accumulating and, and, and building what you have. And then later on, your priority shift is kind of the same same type idea. But uh, I'd probably be with you on, in that boat as well. I enjoy what I'm doing. So I, I'd, I'd rather make more of what I'm doing rather than taking more time off. But um, but yeah, priority shift as you move along. So yeah, I'm way too busy. I'm way too much of a busybody to, to work half the time that I'm doing now. <laughs> I mean, I don't have... Yeah, occasionally I like to play golf and do some things like that and travel, but I don't have like some crazy hobbies that I just have to do all the time or have to travel all the time. I just, I like what I do. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. That's a, that's a good position to be in. No question. Well, today we're talking classic pre-retiree mistakes. We're doing so again, if you haven't ever joined us here on the show, Ryan Ledden is president and financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management. He's seen these mistakes before from people, and uh, we want to bring them to the show and help you understand you know, what you're doing wrong, possibly, and, and maybe what you could do to correct that. So look, just to kind of give you a little reason why we're, we're discussing this besides the obvious, you know, there's a lot of blunders that people make that you know, we talk about that are kind of rare, right? I mean, they happen occasionally, but we just try to make people aware of them on the show. But there's others, like the ones we want to talk today, that just happen way too often. So we're going to run through these. Maybe uh, Ryan has a story or two to sell uh, to tell us, but um, let's start with this one. And I, I even know why this is a mistake, but investing at the age of 59 the same way that you're investing when you're 39 years old. Yeah. Like you said, that's a pretty obvious one. Now, the, this can uh, change depending on the person. But yeah, I, I mean, as you're creeping up on on getting closer to retirement now, just because there's an age 59 someone could still work another 15, 20 years just because they want to. But some people have a definitive line drawn in the sand saying, hey, I'm not working a day past 65 or 67 when it's my full retirement age for Social Security. So that obviously differs uh, depending on the runway of people wanting to work. So yeah, usually someone at 59 is not taking on the risk that someone at, at 39 is. But everybody's, you know, risk capacity is is different and their risk tolerance is different. So someone like myself, and I'm a little bit older than 39, but I'm pretty much all in the market from a risk tolerance perspective. But my wife is the same age and she's completely different. So it all depends. But yeah, stereotypically, the 39-year-old probably is going to be a, a little bit more volatile in their portfolio range than someone at the age of 59 because someone at 59 if they've done good planning their whole life and invested if you don't need to chase a rate of return don't chase it let's go and i know we talked about this in previous episodes let's go for that consistent rate of return instead of average rate of return the 39 year old wants to go for that average rate of return the 59 year old they want more of a consistent rate of return because as they get closer to retirement and start pulling funds out in retirement you want consistency you don't want you don't want volatility. So uh, it's definitely going to change based off of age usually. Well, as you get closer to retirement age, you know, you really start honing in on social security. And, you know, a lot of people don't think about this too far in advance. I mean, you know, why would you can't claim the benefit till a certain age? But why is it a mistake to go into social security and maybe claim your benefit without a plan, without any kind of strategy? 
Yeah, because there's so many different ways to claim. Now the the federal government has has closed some of those planning strategies involved with uh, Social Security, but they're still, especially if it's a, a married couple or even someone who has been divorced and they were married to someone else for longer than 10 years, they can claim that benefit off their previous spouse. So, I mean, when you look at the possibilities, I mean, there's over 500 different ways to claim Social Security. Most people think there's like three but no, there's so many different moving parts and pieces and it because it makes a, a it could be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in how much income you take over the course of your life. Now, obviously, that depends on your longevity, which nobody knows how long that's going to be. But you definitely look at family issues, uh, factors, health issues, your current age, how healthy you are. And so you can make an educated uh, guess, if you will, on how long you think you're going to live. And then there's kind of a break-even analysis when you look at, okay, do I claim it at 62? Do I claim it anywhere in between 67, 70? There's a lot of break-even analysis with software that you can use out there to figure out, okay, I got to live past this age. And if I live past this age, then I did myself a service of kicking the can down the road and not claiming Social Security at 62. But Claiming Social Security at 62 because you think it's going to go away is probably the worst strategy that you could do. And I've heard people say, it, oh, things going away. I'm going to claim it while I can. <laughs> I completely disagree. And um, if someone's on the other end of that, then we can just agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's amazing to me how much of a difference, you know, your, your claiming time uh, makes. I mean, you know, you're talking, what, tens of thousands of dollars potentially over the life of that benefit if, if you do it the correct way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you have someone because Social Security takes your 35 highest years of income. And so for some people, maybe they didn't work that long, or maybe they were a stay at home parent, whatever it may be, but they factor in those 35 highest years. And there's a formula that they that you can plug in to figure out what that amount's going to be. But if you don't have enough years, or you have, uh, you have to at least work 10 years in the Social Security system to get some sort of benefit. But if you're a stay-at-home parent, uh, your, your whole life or pretty much your entire working career, you claim a spousal benefit, which means you get half of the highest earner in the family. So if someone's taking home $3,000 a month, you get $1,500. So I mean, with a snap of a finger, you're taking $4,500 a month home. I mean, that's not that's not chump change. I mean, there's a lot of people that that's all they need on a monthly basis, especially if they don't have large amounts of debt or their house is paid off. So it's social security is, is very significant. So when we sit down with people and they say, oh, I don't even want to count social security. I just want to count that as a bonus. I think that's a little irresponsible. Now, if you want to say, okay, I don't think it's going to be the full amount they say, okay, we can have a conversation about that. Let's, let's take a certain percentage of that. But uh, I still think you need to factor it into your retirement plan because it's a huge piece of it. Well, another huge piece of everybody's financial planning is taxes. And you know the mistake that a lot of people make is you focus so much on tax preparation. We do it every single year, but you're not looking long-term and thinking about tax planning. Yeah, huge difference. Uh, and, and there's many CPAs out there, and this is not a blanket statement, but there are many CPAs out there that are tax preparers, and that's fine. You want to make sure you're on the up and up with the IRS and make sure your tax forms are filled out correctly. A lot of people give their information to an accountant and their tax preparers. Well, tax planner, again, CPAs can do that as well, but that's kind of forward thinking. So, and that's what we tell people. Obviously, we're not, I'm not a CPA. We don't have CPAs in our firm, 
but we know enough about the tax code to at least kind of give some general direction on, hey, what if tax rates go from this to this? Or, you know, what if they cut the standard deduction in half like it used to be because the standard deduction is so high right now? So there's a lot of things we can look at. And that's that's where if we look at how top heavy we are in our pre-tax accounts and then looking at what what does that tax look like in retirement based off of your nest egg and based off of the current tax rates and you factor in if they have pensions, if they have social security. So you need to factor in all that because it affects your taxes and on your social security that you pay in retirement. So not only do we pay taxes on social security when we work, we pay taxes on social security when we're retired if our taxable income is high enough. Notice I said taxable. So those of us who have after-tax accounts, whether that's in Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, certain types of cash value life insurance, there's ways to take money out and you're not paying the government anymore. So tax planning is a huge piece of what we do. And I think it's the, the one piece of the financial planning puzzle that people uh, need to pay more attention to. Because, I mean, newsflash, our government just spent a whole lot more money on stimulus packages, <laughs> which I think they did. I mean, it was well-intended. Uh, I'm not a big government interventionist, but I think they saved a lot of companies and a lot of employees, so I'm not belittling that. But there's no no such thing as a free lunch. I mean, you learn that in your econ class in high school. And so it's there's going to be a day of reckoning as far as where taxes are going to go. I don't know how they're going to do it or how creative they're going to be. Are they going to change the capital gains rate? Are they going to change our marginal tax rates? There's a lot of little uh, buttons and knobs they can push and twist and, and turn to, to try to get that tax revenue back. So shameless plug here, and I know we've mentioned it before, but so if you go to our website, blackoakam.com, I mean, right there on the front page, there's a retirement rescue kit. And it's how to defuse the ticking tax time bomb of your pre-tax IRAs and 401k. So click on that. Just fill in your information really quick. We'll pay for the shipping and all the materials that go in it. We'll ship it out to you. And hopefully there's some content and some value in there that you can get from it that will hopefully change the trajectory of, of, of your taxes that you're going to owe in retirement one day. Yeah. Great tool. You can find it again, blackoakam.com. All right. The fourth mistake that we see pre-retirees make uh, on a regular basis, it seems, um, is, is when it comes to healthcare needs in retirement. And this is a big deal, a very big expense potentially for a lot of people. They'll go into it just kind of assuming that Medicare is going to cover most everything they need. Yeah. And that's that's definitely not true. I mean, it's it covers a decent chunk, but I mean, there's so many different parts to Medicare and, and finding someone who is a, a specialist in, in, in doing that and planning on, you know, the part A's, the part B's, so on and so forth, Medicare uh, supplement plans. I mean, there's so many things you can add to it. So being very, very aware of what certain parts cover and what parts don't cover. And when they do cover something, how much is your responsibility? So I think being very, very aware of Medicare coverage is is crucial because healthcare outside of taxes, inflation, healthcare, those are probably the big three kind of unknowns that can unravel a retirement plan really, really quick. And, and healthcare costs, obviously, everyone knows this. This is not earth shattering information. It continues to go up, uh, whether it's hospital, medicine, um, obviously nursing home care, assisted living. Those continue to to increase, and Medicare is covers when talking about the assisted living and, and nursing home stuff. I mean that covers a, 
just a few days uh, of, of being in a facility. So don't think Medicare covers that. And I've had plenty of people say they think it does, and it absolutely does not. So that's where planning for healthcare costs when it comes to assisted living or a nursing home or in-home care has to be a part of the equation. I mean, it makes people sometimes really uncomfortable, especially if I'm talking to a 50 or 60 year old and they're like, oh, that's not going to be me. Well, there's a pretty good chance it could be one day, especially if you're a married couple, there's a really good chance that one of you will will need some type of care. So just not planning for it, that's irresponsible too. And I'm this is not a I'm not trying to say go out and buy a long-term care policy. I am not saying that either. It could be a solution, but there's a bunch of different solutions you can take a look at. But just putting our head in the sand and, and saying Medicare is going to cover it or I'm not going to need it, that's that's irresponsible planning. Yeah, it is. So again, not saying that that is the case for you, but you definitely want to have that conversation and figure out what your options are because you want to make sure you can cover those expenses in retirement. All right, the last item we want to get to, the last mistake, and you know we're not always great planners over the course of our lives, right? I mean, we always we slip up from time to time, and and we might not have as much accumulated as we want as we continue to get closer and closer to retirement. And maybe you wake up one day and say, "Oh man, I got to make up for lost time." And the mistake that people make when doing that is. They end up taking on too much risk. And as we find out this year and in other situations, that can really, really damage uh, your portfolio, even if you're trying to make up ground. Yeah. I mean, taking on additional risks, yeah, to make up for lost time. I mean, that that can be a slippery slope. Uh, if you're if you're taking on too much risk, just kind of hoping for good rates of return or high rates of return, that can be tough because, and that's where there is a math component to risk. And I know there's a lot of uh, uncertainty and volatility, especially in the last few months, but there is a math component when you look at your portfolio has a standard deviation number. And standard deviation, if you never took stat class, is basically a measurement of risk, like how far out are we going from the center? And so the further out you go and from a standard deviation, that obviously means more risk you're taking on, but there's more, you have a more certain rate of return, but that rate of return is going to be much bigger between the upside and the downside. So you could have a positive potential 22% rate of return, but you may have a negative 32% rate of return. So the closer we get that standard deviation, the, the, the more we squeeze that standard deviation, if you will. So imagine like guardrails on a, on a road, the more we squeeze those guardrails, the, you know, the less range that we're going to, to have in our, in our portfolio. And so if you're behind from a nest egg standpoint, it's, it can be very dangerous when you're trying to take on more risk just to get a bigger pot of money at the end of, of, of your working life because it can go in the reverse direction as well. All right, before we close out the show, we want to get to the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. I got a question that came in from Chris in Alpharetta. He says, my financial advisor seems to do a good job of managing my investments, as far as I can tell. But we never talk about other things like social security or life insurance or legacy plans, which are all things I feel I should be getting advice on. Is this typical? Well, it depends, uh, Chris. It depends on the advisor you do have. I mean, in, in our industry, there's so many different types of advisors and specialists and people who have niche markets and things they do and don't do. But if you're if you're working with a comprehensive financial advisor, I mean, you should absolutely be uh, discussing those items with them now. And, and I think that's more and more of the industry 
norm is to be more of a comprehensive uh, a planner, but I think I think maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was mostly people just kind of managing investments and mutual funds, whatever they may be. And that's how they got paid. And that's really all they talked about and covered, which is fine. But if you're looking for all those areas of life to really put your financial puzzle together, conversations about stuff like that should absolutely be taking place. And so that's where you want to have a conversation. Say, is that something we just haven't talked about? Or is that something you don't do or do do? I mean, that's part of you paying your advisor should include that type of advice. And so that's where you need to have that question with uh, him or her. So if you don't, then you can shop around, look for an advisor for a comprehensive planner, mostly a fee-based or fee-only uh, advisor, and they can uh, shed some light on those other areas that you're looking for other than just the, the investment lineup that you have. One of the old cliche, there's never any dumb questions, but I mean, that's really the case when, when you're working with an advisor, right? I mean, if there's anything on your mind, I'm sure you encourage your clients, hey, if you're thinking about something, ask me. Absolutely. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And so we get that a lot when, when people come in through the Dave Ramsey site. I mean, they have five advisors calling them all at once. And, and so it's confusing to them. It's like, okay, what, what do you do? What do you do? And so they're trying to gather information from five different people. So when we go into those conversations, we don't assume they know anything. And that's why we asked, do you work with an advisor? Have you worked with someone before? We get some people that have worked for the same company for 25 years, so they've never need to use an advisor. So this is the these are the first conversations they've ever had with someone in our industry. And it's in our industry can get a black eye pretty quick. Um, again, especially turn on all these TV shows on Netflix. Now it's, it's about advisors being bad people and doing wrong, doing wrong things. So it can be very, very intimidating. So we don't want to assume people uh, know anything. And then we just ask questions. And then that tells us how much people are know or how, mu- how they're familiar with the process and just the financial, uh, financial world itself. Yeah, no question. So ask Ryan or whoever your advisor is, whatever's on your mind. And and Chris, we appreciate you doing that today here on the podcast. And if you ever have a question for, for Ryan, please send it in. You can do so blackoakam.com or you can call the office 470-508-0508. So we'll close it out on that note. I appreciate everybody listening today. And, and these are all important topics that we're discussing. You know, these mistakes can be made by anyone. And even if you're aware of them, it's good to be reminded of those. And I encourage you to reach out to Ryan. He is a Dave Ramsey. Smart Vester Pro can help you out with any of these conversations. He he coaches clients every single day on all these topics and uh, encourage you to reach out to him. Uh, you can do so on the phone as well, 470-508-0508. He is taking meetings in person and virtually, whatever your preference is. And uh, you want to go ahead and set up that time now. They'll be happy to work with you. So, Ryan, appreciate the conversation today. Learned a lot. And uh, I think hopefully a listener or two picked up a few nuggets as well along the way. Yep. That's why we do it, man. If we can just help one or two people and just one or two nuggets of information, like you said, it can really make a difference in what people are doing. So thanks for listening to this episode of Perfect Game Retirement. I am Ben George. Here's Ryan Lennon. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Please hit subscribe and you'll have it delivered right to your inbox. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. 
Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.